So come on, just lift your Bibles up with me and declare this morning that this is God's word, not Pastor Omar's word. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me read for you Genesis 1 from verse 26 to 27. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 2, verse 18 to 22, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for that man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. Out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every bird of the air, and brought them to Adam to see what he would call them. And whatever Adam called each living creature, that was its name. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the air, and, in every, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray this morning, right now, that you'll open every eye to see your truth. Open every ear to hear the voice of the Lord this morning. Open our minds that we will understand every word that you will speak. And open our hearts and prepare our hearts to be the good soil so that we can receive your every word this morning. Lord God Almighty, we pray for uh, someone somewhere this morning who has backslidden in heart, who has wandered away from the faith, who has gone astray. And maybe they're the lost coin. The lost sheep are the lost son. We pray in the name of Jesus that as you speak to hearts this morning, that conviction will come and persons will return to the Lord. Return to your loving embrace. Return to the righteousness of God and the holiness of God. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for someone who, are, who has never encountered you, will encounter you and give their lives to you. As Zacchaeus went up because he heard you were passing through. I, went, I pray that someone today would, would go beyond all the challenges of life to see you and have an encounter with you that will cause salvation to come upon their lives and upon that of their household. Bless this time, Lord God, and let your will be done. Let your kingdom come. This is your time. This is your moment. This is your people. This is your church. So the glory belongs to you. 
and to you alone. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much. Uh, from our text, you, you'd read that God said, and it's very important that you understand, though uh, small words, but important in the text. God said, let us, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. God did not say, I will make man in my image. God did not speak of himself singularly in the way we speak of ourselves. God spoke using the plural. Let us make man in our image. This is the mystery of the Trinity. God has made himself known as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And these three are one. Long before time began. God has always existed in an eternal relationship. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's very important that we understand that. That when he said, uh, let us, it's speaking to relationship. He could have said, let I will, or I can, or I am going to. It said, let us. Meaning that there's an inclusiveness in the expression of God signifying that before creation started, God was relational. Amen? If God exists in eternity, then the eternal God has always been relational. Amen? So his first expression in creation speaks to this relational attribute of God. He said, let us, three persons, watch this, our character within the Godhead who exists in such an intimate relationship with each other that they are one. In fact, so they are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But watch this. They are so intimately connected in a relationship that the three are one. There are not three gods. There is one God. There's a, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And we understand it means that when God speaks of marriage, he speaks of the same intimate relationship that makes more than one, one. Make sense? That is why the scripture says in marriage, the two shall become. So when God said, let us, the three are one. Hallelujah. But more than other than that, if you go to 1 John 4, verse 8, and 1 John 4, verse 16, it tells us that God is love. God doesn't just love you and love me. He is love. In other words, God cannot think anything towards you except love. You don't have to do anything for God to love you. God don't have a choice to hate you. Listen, God did not choose to love you. God is love. Love is not a choice for God. And we, love is a choice for us, but love is not a choice for God. It is who God is. There's, there's nothing else that God can do except to love you. 
Therefore, from eternity past and into the future, God has always what existed in an intimate, loving relationship because love is the very nature of God. Let me just simplify that for you. Because God is love and God has always been in relationship, God has always existed in love and in loving, intimate relationship. Before there was time, the Father has always loved the Son and the Spirit. So much so that the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one. The Son has always loved the Father and the Spirit. So much so that the Son, the Father, and the Spirit are one. The Spirit has always loved the Father and the Son. So much so that the Spirit, the Father, and the Son are one. And when time is no more, each will continue to share an eternal love relationship with each other. So, have you ever wondered why God created the universe? Have you ever wondered that? I have always wondered, why did God create the universe? Because God didn't need, God is self-existent. He doesn't need plants. God don't need water. He doesn't need people. He's self, you know the song we sing, you're not a God created by human hands. You're not a God dependent on any, dependent on any mortal man. You are God, and that's just the way it is. In other words, listen, God is God without people and things. So why? Why did God make the earth the way it is? Why did God even create man? He had a relationship. Why? I, I don't know all the reasons, so I don't pretend to know them. But I believe that God's creation is an expression of God's love. And I believe that because love cannot be kept to oneself. Real love must find expression. And so creation is simply this. An expression of God. Or an expression of God's love. So if you were to ask me again, why did God make creation? He is expressing his love. God says, let there be light. And sun became an expression of God's love. Waters are an expression of God's love. God did not want to keep his love to himself. Because love cannot be kept to oneself. It must be expressed. And God expressed God in creation. God expressed love in creation. So why did God create you? God created you and God created me as expression of his love. In other words, in other words, this is so good. Watch this. In other words, listen, that is why there's nothing you can do to stop God from loving you. And there's nothing you can do to make God love you. Because you're already an expression of God's love. If you, if you ever get that in your, in your spirit and in your heart and in your mind, you'll be set free. You can't impress God. Because your creation is the impression that God 
Do you understand me? That is what was impressive to God. Because when God looked and saw the expression of his love, he already said, it is good. You can't impress God and I can't impress God. To get God to love us anymore. So we can enjoy the wonders of God's creation because he loves us. But I think it goes deeper than God's love for us. I believe that all of creation is also an expression of God's love. God to God. Firstly, the Father expresses love. So he planned creation. The Son expresses love as he spoke the word of creation to bring it into being. So God planned it, and the Son spoke the word of creation into being. Then the Spirit responded in love by hovering over the creation to make it complete. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were involved in creation, expressing their love over creation. In fact, the Son don't take credit. The Father don't take credit, and the Spirit don't take credit. They said, let us. They did it through the greatest thing in our life, creation, was done in relation. Watch it. So the Father continued his expression of love as he formed a man from the dust of the ground. Knowing that man would reject, reject God, the son expressed his love in the plan of Emmanuel, God in the flesh. The son would become a man and willingly die in order to redeem creation back to God. Knowing that the plan was complete, the spirit expressed love by breathing the breath of life into man making him a living soul. So the, the father made him from the dust. The son put redemption into place and the spirit breathed breath. The father responded in love by making a covenant with the son that his name would be exalted above all names and further to accept all those who believe in the son as his children. The spirit responds in love to powerful resurrect Jesus from the dead and then fill the believer in order that they might live a holy life and to guarantee God's promises. Again, I don't pretend to know all things, but I believe that creation and God's plan of salvation are expressions of, of the love both God to man and God to God. God is love. And he expressed his love in so many wonderful ways through creation and his plan of salvation. Now think about this. God has made man, both male and female, in his, in his. So what is God's image? Each of us have been made like God. In the image of God, in the likeness of God. You have been made like God. Therefore, one of the ways you have been made like God is that we too can share in loving relationship. Like God, we can give 
and receive love. The image of God is that God said, let us make man. Relationship. In our own image. And God is love. Therefore, man, like God, is made for loving relationship. Did you hear me? That is why it is unhealthy to think like you can live life alone. Because that's a distortion of the image of God. Man was never made to live life alone. You see, I've, I've thought about this. I can't bother with people. I wish I could move and go live in some place where I don't have to deal with people. That's a distortion of God's image. Because the very image of God and the expression of God is relational and loving. You cannot be who God has called you to be outside of intimate loving relationship. You can't do it alone. If God in creation and in eternity never did it alone, we can't do it alone. We are made for relationship. That is why the yearning of every person's heart is relationship. When you find somebody who don't want relationship, something is either broken emotionally, mentally, or spiritually, or it is broken in all three areas. Let me say it again. Anyone who believes that life can operate according to God's standard and order without relationship has either a broken heart, a broken spirit, or a broken mind. Our both their heart, their spirit, and their mind are all broken. In either something is wrong with you mentally, spiritually, or emotionally. When you experience God's love for you, when your love for your spouse is expressed, when you know the joy of your child or grandchild love for you, when a friend shows you compassion in these and countless other ways in which you can give and receive love, it's all because God made you to be like him. That is why people, you ever wonder how, how the medical people talk about them love? That's how they are made. A child always loves their mother. Do you know that a baby who is born loves their parents though they have not seen stuff? You ever wonder that? Like you ask a, a three-year-old if they love mommy, they say, yes, I love mommy. And they can't tabulate all the things mommy have done. Because it is how we are born, how we are wired by God. When kids see their parents, they run to them. That's how we are wired by God because we are made for relationship. But because of sin, everything gets distorted and we believe that we can do life alone. I've heard Christians say, Oh, me no, 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 But we live in a society where friendships are not even celebrated. 
people tell you, your parents tell you, listen, don't keep no friend. Friend get you in a trouble. And so we are cultured not to have friends. Then you have a next side of the fence that says to you, listen, good friend better than pocket money. You tell people that right now, them say, really? You put money in my pocket and you're right. You don't need no friend. <laughs> you know who it is. But we are most like God when we give love to others. We are most like God when we give love to others. Love is selflessness. Thinking not about yourself, but thinking first of those you love. You see, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. Adam lived in a perfect garden. Have, I want you to consider that. In terms of perfection, the garden is the closest thing to perfection that has ever existed in all of mankind. And Adam lived in the perfect place, perfect behaving animals, perfect atmosphere. Watch this. He could interact freely and without fear with the animals God had created. He could walk with the lion and the elephant, crocodile, alligator, and stone bite him. Not afraid of snakes and forty legs, whatever you want to call them. I don't know if they were there, but you, you know what I mean. No fear. Pitbull, Doverman. Adam, feed them. No problem. Lizards, iguanas, whatever. Everything was perfect. Every fruit ripe in their season. And when, when the apple done, mangoes are ready. No worms. Best water. No need for medical care. Everything taken care of. Man hungry, man eat. Perfect sleep. No music not playing, disturbing your sleep. No car not driving, tooting them horn, waking you up. No, no yang, yang, crank, crank not passing by with all kind of sounds. No police, no curfew. No windows, no door, and nobody ain't taking anything. Clothes ain't gonna wear out. Perfect environment. Not only could he interact with animals, he could spend time getting to know the animals in order to give them the perfect name. The man walk around and say, hey, look at you, look at you, look at you. Hmm. I wonder what I should call you today. All right, you are Mr. And look at you. Oh, Miss, I don't know. I don't even know this. I don't have a dictionary, but hmm, someday they're going to call you Ellis. Elephant. You, you, Adam had time on his hand. A lot of time. And never got tired. Do you see much animals Adam named? Listen, you don't even remember all the animals in the world. And Adam, Adam named all of them. Not only the animals, but every fish. From Godami to what the other fish name? Yeah. Parrot, Snapper, Tiki Tiki, whatever Adam gave them names. Every plant, mango, cherry, breadfruit, banana, grape. Hey. I want you to try 
take one day, because remember, you're not creating name, you're just remembering. And Adam created name. And no two things got the same name. Every plant, every animal, every insect got different names. One man. No mistake, no repeat. Wonders of God. Perfect environment. He did all of that. But in all creation, no suitable helper was found for Adam. Although God, although Adam was made in the image of God and bore the likeness of God, there was still a difference between God and Adam. God was not a suitable helper. God is man's perfect helper. God saw man's need for a companion. God said this was not good for the man to be alone. Though everything was perfect, God said it is not good for man to be alone. Remember, Adam had no struggles and no pain. And even in the most ideal situation, God says this is not good. You need relationship. We live in an imperfect world, yet believe we don't need relationship. Adam lived in the perfect world. And God said, Adam, you need relationship. I want you to think about that. I want you to wrap your mind around it. That we live in imperfect circumstances all around us in our own lives. And yet we don't see a need for relationship. Adam lived in perfection. And not Adam, but God said, even though this is perfect, Adam, it is not good for you to do it and, and be by yourself. All of it. And God fashioned the woman from the man. She's flesh of my flesh and bone of my bone. Eve was Adam's suitable helper, a counterpart of himself, one form from his person, bearing his resemblance. Man and woman are made for each other. You see, God does not intend for man to be alone. We are made to be in relationship with one another. We are not supposed to be alone. If you're alone, you need friends. To have friends, you must be friendly. We're going to get to that. Again, we're going to look at friends from godless person. I told you it's a long introduction. This is the introduction of a lifetime. Amen. Ecclesiastes 4, verse 9 to 10. A lot of people use this scripture when they're talking about wedding. But it is a friendship scripture. It's about friendship. It says, two are better than one. Two are better than? Two are better than one. Two are better than one. You need other people. Because they have a good return for their work. Meaning, what you can accomplish by yourself, you, two of us can, can do better and faster. Alright? If one falls down, listen to this, his friend can help him up. Let me ask you, who will help you up? Where is the friend who's going to help you up? Don't tell me a husband. Don't tell me a wife. It's good that you have a husband. It's good that you have a wife. Don't tell me your brother. Don't tell me a sister. It's good that you have a brother, and it's good that you have a sister. Jesus was with Peter. He was with, you, you notice that Jesus had a Mary and Joseph, mother and father, but he still had friends. So if you fall, who is the friend who is going to pick you up? 
But it says, pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. And that's the issue. We have too many soldiers falling with no one to lift them up because they have no friendship. They believe they can live this life alone. They can go through. We just go to church and we just go to the yard. Come in and talking with nobody. Come in camp, but I would mix up. The reason why you can't bother with mixed up is because you are mixed up. And I, I say it in the most respectful way. You are all mixed up spiritually. You get the thing wrong. Jesus is greater than us. And you know what? Jesus didn't have one friend. He had 12. I say this in particular for the ladies. Because men kind of have friendships. Men play dominoes together, men. We'll go to sporting event together. Men, men love the things together. You know. Them go up bar, go drink together. Them go play pool together. Them go river together. Them run boat together. Women, women, women are very competitive, you know. When, when women gather around, things here go look at me. It becomes at this competition so they can't get. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm not a female, but but I'm saying I'm just I'm just saying I find that men have brethren. But, but I, I can use this church. I can tell you that we have more men who relate to each other than women. Like, I can find men and say, them, these men, like, people think Desmond and Okito are brothers, like blood brothers where they are close. You rarely find that kind of relationship with females in churches. I know I wouldn't get any amen for that part, you know, because they're, they're ladies in the church. Can, but can I get a good amen from the ladies? Thank you. The culture increasingly tries to isolate individuals from one another. And that has become even more uh, apparent with the pandemic. In other words, there seem to be uh, we're growing apart instead of growing together. And this is a time as we come into the end times that the church of God and the people of God need to be together so one can help the other. We have relationships with characters on TV and in the movies. We, have, we, we watch others interact while we are alone. We, we may chat on our computers using a false identity with someone far away, but we don't go next door to talk to our neighbors. Some people have more followers on Twitter and on Facebook and Instagram than, listen, than them have members in them church and they don't have one friend in them church. They have more followers on Twitter than people live in their community and they don't have a friend in their community. How are you going to be an effective witness to your community if you can't even build friendship with the people? Bible said that, that all of this is not good. We have been made to be in relationship with one another. How then has God designed human relationship? Because we bear the image of God, how should we relate to each other? Remember, we are most like God when we give love to others. 
if we are going to relate to each other as God intended, then our relationship must be built upon the foundation of love. Because God is love, so our relationship must be built on the foundation of love. So when you don't have friendship, you have a love issue. When you don't have relationship, it's a love issue. And, and before we look through the window, we need to look in the mirror. In Matthew 22, 37 to 40, the scripture says, and, and Jesus said that the greatest commandment was that we, that, that we should what? Love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And the second, the second greatest is like it. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. So the foundation of relationships and friendship in particular is love. Therefore, God's expectation and his design is that we relate to one another and God with love. Unfortunately, though, man has broken God's perfect design. Man is made in the image of God, but because of sin, God's image has been distorted within us. Have you ever gone to some of these um, circuses or, or, or parks and stuff and they have the fun house mirrors? And when you go before these mirrors, if you're slim, it makes you look, right? And if you're short, it makes you very tall and you'll have a big old laugh about it. But you really know that the image has been distorted. Sin has done the same thing to the image of God within man. The only thing is that it's not a laughing matter. And so because the image of God has been distorted, we don't think we need to love. We don't think we need people. We don't think we need relationship. We don't think we need friends. We think it is good for us to be alone. And the Bible says it is not good for us to be alone. Pass on to each of us and to every other man and woman is what we call the sinful nature. None of us are sinners because we sin. Rather, we sin because we are sinners. This is a distortion of God's image within us. It is what leads to sin, selfishness, and broken relationship. Unfortunately, this flies in the face of modern political correct thinking. Today, we want to believe that man is basically good even without God. And nothing could be further from the truth. Only as Christ comes into an individual's life can the image of God within him or her be restored, enabling the individual to live a holy life. Only God can cause you to live in deep kind of friendship and relationship. It is Christ who restores our broken relationship with one another. And so Ephesians 5, 1 to 2, the apostle says, Be imitators of God, therefore as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Knowing then that God has created man in his image, and God has made us to share in relationship with one another. What are the characteristics of relationship that God has designed? Like, like, what should my friendship look like? What should you be if you want to be a friend? Because some of us are saying, well, I am very friendly. Uh, we're, we're going to test to see if we really have friends this morning. And then work on what we need to do so we can have good friendships that will help us. Because in order for us to fulfill God's mission in our life, God's mandate in our life. We will need people. We will need friendship. So Jesus said, I have set an example that you should do as I have done. The Apostle Paul says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. So if you want to know if you're a good friend, you want to know how to find friends and make friends, 
Jesus is our example. Not the world, but the word. And so we have to look at the life of Jesus because Jesus had friends. Even the scripture said that Abraham was a friend of God. Let's see what the relationships were like in the Bible and see if we can have that kind of atmosphere in our friendships. Amen? So the first thing is that if you want to be a good friend, you have to be forgiving. And if you're looking to establish friendships with people, they must be forgiving people. You can't have friendship with people who refuse to forgive their father and their mother. If they won't forgive their father and their mother, you think they're going to forgive you when you fail? The very core of God's friendship with man is God being forgiving. Jesus is the same thing. Jesus is forgiving. Jesus came to restore broken relationships. So he forgave. We too should forgive one another. If you're going to have friendship, you have to forgive people. Because Jesus forgave you and he forgave me. You have to be a forgiving person. You cannot be a friend and not be forgiving. And if you can't forgive yourself, you can't forgive your family, how are you going to forgive friends? So the first thing you need to check with your friend is if they have a people. Let me say it again. If they can't forgive, if they're living with their husband or their wife and they can't forgive them, you think when you make errors, they're going to forgive you? If the, if the woman who gave birth to them, they can't forgive that person, you think when you make errors, they're going to forgive you? So if you are going to be friendly, the first thing you have to be is forgiving. Perhaps one of the best examples of how Jesus showed us how uh, to forgive and, and restore broken relationships was with one of his closest friends, Peter, in John chapter 21, 15 to 17. A very serious account, right? Because this is Jesus and his friends. All right? Tell you all the power of forgiveness. The scripture says, so when they had eaten breakfast, see, friends eat together. Jesus and his friends were having breakfast. They, they, they slept. I mean, so many things they did together. Let me help you as well. The example of Jesus is so good. Jesus had no female friends in his 12. All of them were men. So, let me just help the ladies. Because I know ladies love to say, me don't want a woman friend, I be a man friend me one. All right, ladies. It can't work. Irks. Can't work. Tell her why it can't work. When men talk, they are very logical. When, when, when we talk, we don't get emotional. Be a logic we deal with. Simple logic. So if we start get emotional with you, are you emotional with us? Fuck me, not fuck. When ladies talk, it's no logics. It no make sense. It feel a way. That's the difference. Sometimes it don't make no sense to a man. But she wanting want him to understand our feelings. And a man will give you some logical answer. If they really care about your feelings, you start care about your feelings. When he's care about your feelings. 
And that is why when ladies say, I'll be a man friend them have, them end up in deeper relationship, sometimes with those male friends. Hearing me. We're using Jesus' example. Jesus had 12 men as his friends. If you're a female, you need some woman to be your friend. If you're a man, you need some man friend. Simple. One, two, three. A, B, C. Do, re, mi. Can't say it any plainer. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? You can imagine a friend walk up and say, Hey, hey, Ray, walk go on, walk go on. Tell me, you love me more and more than them people. Because what if we just eat breakfast together? You understand me? I'll say, oh, We go up, uh, I hop, you know, go buy the heap of food for the whole of me, pay for it. But tell me, tell me, tell me now, you love me more than the rest of them? Wait, what do you think they're going to say? You think I say, No, let me just eat breakfast. Of course. <laughs> we are talking about Peter is like us. Peter says, What do you mean, Lord? Of course, we love you. We are talking about, man. <laughs> Just eat breakfast, man. Eat some pancake and some scrambled egg and them say, orange juice and a nice cup of coffee and thing. And you pay for all of that, man. What do you mean? Love you, boy. <laughs> all right. So Jesus said to him, Feed my lamb. He said to him a second time, No. Peter was not from Jamaica. This is when I know that Peter was not a Jamaican. Can you see what Jamaican this? A problem from second time. Brother, we ask me questions again. <laughs> you don't just ask, you don't just ask me that. Wham, wham, something wrong? So <laughs> where do are we check me out? Something wrong? You have me not to trust you again. I'm sorry to be all eat all the breakfast, you don't start. <laughs> like right here, all Jamaican sign off. You're deaf. I want him to the money. You know what? Don't matter. Send out more to me. All those expressions. Simon, Peter kind of thing. Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. So Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him a third time. Remember, say, all the Jamaicans them get cancelled out now. So, different nation we are talking about right now. So, a third time, right? Here's what he says. Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said a third time, do you love me? Right, so Peter gets vexed right now. This is where Peter starts at Jamaica. I want to be someone, man, man. You know, I'm not going to answer you this time, yes, sir. I don't know where you are asking. Right? He says, here's what he said. Though. You know all things. He says, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. You know what Peter did after this? You remember what he did after this? He denied Jesus. Eh? This is why you have to forgive him. Remember, said so Jesus knew what was in your heart. And Jesus had forgiven Peter. Could you do that with your friend? If your friend deny you. Because after this, Peter said, who? Jesus? I don't know who not talk about. They say, you don't know that man? Who? Which man? <laughs> Which one? First me, I, first me I say about that. <laughs> I don't know. Watch it. Him there was a, a guy called Judas. And Jesus said, 
dipped the bread and thing and said, what are you right here? You're going to betray me, you know. They were eating. Can you imagine you're feeding somebody who is going to sell you out? And you still love them. These were not his family. They were his friends. And he still loved them. And still called them friends. Peter came around. Judas did not. Now, not only that, do you know that there were some brothers who said, Hey, Jesus, hey, Jesus. <laughs> you know, so we want a spot. Give you a little position. So you don't know. We think deep a certain way, Jesus. And we always lean on your bosom. Your man is here far. We come up real close to you. Leaning in. Are we leaning, Jesus? Jesus had to give them some truth. These people all ran away. Can you imagine in the hour of your deepest need? Your friends them run away. In a, what happened when that happened? What, what people say? Who? Them, me, me and them people that grew up. And them say we are your best friend. And friend them gone as sparring. Them no call me. Me, me no know nothing with them. The people they get. Friend them go as sparring. Them never call me again. I don't want to hear nothing about them. I don't want to see them. You have to be forgiven. You have to be forgiven. Because to err is human and to forgive is divine. As God restores his image within us, he will enable us to forgive. All of us have experienced the pain of broken relationships. And forgiveness sets us free to receive God's healing. We have, if you're going to build, build healthy friendships, you have to learn to forgive people and forgive your friends. And also don't keep any record of wrong. For the scripture says, love keeps no record of wrong. I forgive you. And to be a good friend, you have to be forgiven. And you need to find friends who will forgive you because we are going to make errors. Number two, friends. A friend is real. A friend is real. You have to be real. If you're going to be a friend, you can't be hiding stuff. And I don't want him to know this. And I don't want that these guys knew where Jesus lived. They knew when he was hungry. They knew when he was tired. They knew when he was so yeah, you, he, they knew when he was crying. They were real. He was real with them. And they were real with him. Your friends need to be real. And you need to be real. Jesus did not compromise who he was. But he accepted people right where they were. We need to learn to be real in our friendships. Matthew 11 verse 19 says this. The son of man came eating and drinking. They say he here is a glutton and a drunkard. A friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proved right by her actions. So Jesus didn't try to say, you know what? I mean, you're, you're tax collectors. You're drunkards. I can't be around you. Listen, he went around them. Matthew was a tax collector, but he was still a friend of Jesus. Zacchaeus was not accepted by people, but he built a friendship with him. Do you understand that sometimes people are not going to be like you, but you're not going to change your standards. You're not going to compromise your actions, but I'm going to still be your friend. So because... They wear some short skirt. You can't deal with them anymore. Because you're Christian now. Because they drink rum and them get drunk. And you're a Christian. You can't be them friends anymore. Then who going to lead them to the Lord? 
You don't have to compromise your standard because Jesus didn't. But people need somebody to love them to Jesus. And they need their friends to do that. Many of us got saved and we left our friends in the same sin that we were in. And that's good. But at some point, you need to be like the disciples who went back for their brothers. And brought them to follow Jesus. When they went back for their brothers, they didn't stay where they were. They brought them back to Jesus. Real friends, listen, accept their friends the way they are. But they love them too much to leave them the way they are. Matthew, Matthew 9, 12 to 13. And hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So I, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. He was not afraid to get down on their level. Real friends can accept you the way you are. Because you're confident of who they are. Listen, I am confident that my friends won't get me to backslide. But I'm confident that by my lifestyle, they will come to know Jesus. The problem is the church cut off every person who don't think and dress like them. And expect them to get saved soon. It's kind of crazy, right? We want them to be saved, but we don't have nothing to do with them. Now, I'm not telling you that you need to go to nightclub with them and all that kind of thing. I'm saying that, listen, you can be in their space and live according to your Christian convictions and bring them in to the sheepfold. Scripture that speaks about um, fishers of men, you never see fish coming out of the ocean unless someone takes them in. And if men are likened to fish, when it comes down to salvation, that the fishermen must go to sea because the ocean ain't coming to them. Number three, a friend imparts truth. You need people who are going to tell you the truth. You don't need friends who are going to tell you, say, it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. You don't want yes men and yes women around you. You need friends who are going to tell you the truth. Going to tell you what is wrong and tell you what is right. And if you're a friend, you have to tell people who you love the truth and live the truth. Why? Jesus would not just leave individual where they were. Jesus spoke the truth in love. You have to speak the truth in love. Tell people what God's word says. Tell them to live by the word. Listen, I love you, but that is wrong. I'll, I'm going to keep praying for you. Listen, I'll come and I'll support you where I can, but that is wrong, for the scripture says this. There are some things I can't do because it goes against scripture, and that is wrong, and I'm going to tell you that. But you know I love you. I mean, if you're in need and I can meet that need, it's not going to stop me from meeting the need in your life. I will, listen, listen, if you commit murder, you're going to jail. But listen, I'll provide some food for you while you're in there. But listen, I'm going to tell you the truth. That murder is murder. 
friends have to impart truth. Friends, real friends can accept you the way you are, where you are, but they won't leave you where you are. Jesus isn't afraid to get into our pig pen, but he comes there to lead us out of it. I don't want friends who, when I'm in sin, come and tell me, boy, I'm going to tell you, me never, it, yeah, enjoy it. And I say, yeah, man, it's nice, you know. Boy, me, me never try to. I don't need those friends. I need friends who can come there with me and say, listen, I don't like this pigsty. I'm going to take you out. I'm going to help to get you where you need to be. I'm going to bring you back to the house, to the house of the Lord. I want, I don't want friends that when I'm in the pigsty, they, they cut me off. I want friends that when they come to the pigsty, they carry me out. From that time on, the scripture says, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. He wasn't afraid to preach the message of repentance to his friends. He had to communicate truth to them in love. Proverbs 27 verse 6 says, wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiply kisses. Remember Judas, come and kiss you. But not telling you, say, I tell them, I tell you all. You need friends who them hurt your feelings to save your soul. Amen? You need some people who are going to hurt your feelings sometimes to save your soul. Instead, speaking the truth in love. That's Ephesians 4 verse 15. Speaking the truth in love. You have to speak the truth in love. Don't be harsh with it, but speak the truth in love. Number four, a friend is embracing. Jesus did not keep his love to himself. Rather, he reached out to people with loving touches. I love how Jesus operates. He went out. He was the one who, who found and he went and he called. In fact, the scripture says in Luke 18, verse 16, Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. In Luke 5, 13, it says Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man with leprosy. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left the man. Jesus reached out to people. Friends, reach out and touch people. Too often, we get, I don't, I don't understand how, how we operate, and I've been guilty of this. Like who? Them not call me? So me not call them? Why, why me always have to call? It's like, can you imagine you're married, and, and you have a spouse, your wife, she likes to send text messages. And she sends you a text message every day. Right? Because she loves sending texts. But you are not a texter. So, you decide that you're not going to send no text. And after three months of texting, you come home and she said, listen, you, you ask her, honey, you know I didn't get any text message from you for the last week. You really have the heart to ask about that. You ever send me one yet? I didn't know it was text for text. And if you don't get text, you get vexed. I, I, I didn't know. Relationships don't work like that. 
If you are the texter, you keep texting. It's not for me to text you, but I don't need to. That's your role in the friendship. Maybe I pray for you more than you pray for me. Should I pray? Should we pray the equal amount? Because I didn't know that relationships are, you text me the equal amount to what I text you. And we need to calculate the, 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 our prayers to make sure that you not pray more for me because something would be wrong with that. We need to make sure that we pray for each other the same amount. No. One is strong in one area. You're a very good texter. You keep doing that. I will do the praying. Who? Me not give them nothing because when time me not have no money, them not give me nothing. You are the giver in the relationship. Do we understand that? I, I don't understand what we say we have friendship. And we're, we're, we're bargaining and bartering. Well, if you give me that, <laughs> we give you about this. How come you never give me a gift yet? Listen, if you don't give me a gift and you pray for me, I love that. Because sometimes I don't pray for me. And your prayers to me are more important sometimes than the gifts I give to you. Amen. I'm helping you. So when you're setting up your friendships, you know, you set expectations now. So listen, here's the friend contract that we sign in. Or the covenant. Don't call it contract, call it covenant. This is our friendship covenant. You must be forgiving. You must be real. You must impart truth. You must be embracing. A friend is not selfish. Jesus put our needs ahead of his comfort. We need to learn to think of others first. Greater love has no one than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. There is nothing that Jesus would not have done for his friends. He said, the devil desired to sift you like wheat. But he said, but I have prayed for you that you will stand. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is Christ's kind of friendship. Scripture is saying that even when you were off, God was still loving you. A real friend loves you when you're good and when you're bad. Amen? Finally, a friend is dedicated. These are the qualities I look for in my friends. Person who is dedicated. Jesus did not give up on people. A real friend will stay beside you right through the very end. I don't want the kind of friends that when the tough gets going, they run away and leave you. I want you to fight with me. I want you to go through it with me. When things are not right, you stay with me to the end. How, how do I maintain this? I do it based on the scriptures. 
because people are going to do wrong. That, that's just it. It's unavoidable. So here's the truth. We operate based on how Jesus operated. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. Maybe there are some people that you need to forgive. You're, they're a good friend, and maybe they don't agree with you. There are things that people, listen, people's souls are more important than, than our personal preferences. And you know that because of personal preferences, some of us have cut off people to the detriment of their souls. So, because you're a Christian and the person comes around you, and they use a couple of bad words. You say, listen, I don't want you around me. I'm going to cut you off. What do you think God would prefer? Wouldn't for you to be around that person, bring them into the house of the Lord, God delivers them, and the mouth that used to curse bad words start glorifying God. Or are you happy that now they're separated from God, could die and spend eternity in hell? If you are a friend and you run away from them, what do you expect your enemies to do? Jesus had some men around him, you know, like Peter. You know, Peter was a bad man. You know. Peter would cut off people's ears. What if you had a friend who liked to fight? It means somebody tried to come at you and punch him in them face. He said, listen, I don't want them around you, you know, because you're going to make people kill me. You know what Jesus did? Jesus said, Peter, even a man, because if I wanted to, and he still loved Peter. Did he condone what Peter did? No. But he loved him. I'm not asking you to compromise. I'm not asking you to tolerate, because whatever you tolerate, you'll never change. I'm saying that. In people's good times and bad times, if they are your friend, you have to love them. And be the light of God towards them. And the reason why the church isn't effective in evangelism is because we don't know how to be friendship evangelists. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. More people will serve your God because of your relationship with them than you just preaching to them. I guarantee you the people that you have led to the Lord, more of them have a relationship with God. Sorry, a relationship with you. Like there are people that you went through some hard time and you talk to them over and over and over and you keep giving them money and them keep doing all kind of nonsense and you tell them to come out of the relationship and you privy them and they say, all right, we come out right now and next week they're gone back in there and you say, they don't have no sense and you still, and then after a while you just come around. And they do that because whenever they're at the point of accepting Christ, they remember their friendship. I've been guilty of this, and I don't want you to. Don't give up on people. Be dedicated. Jesus did not say this about forgive them, Father, to his enemies who crucified him. He also said it for his friends who had lost hope and run away. Jesus said, it's for you and for me. 
for every time we turn from him and fall into sin. So when Jesus said, forgive them, Father, he was talking about Peter, James, all of these guys who ran away from him. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they have done. God created man in his image. God made man to share in relationship with one another. And as we follow Jesus' example, as a perfect friend, we can improve our relationship. Listen, right, why don't you just bow your heads with me right now, whether you're at home and, or you're here. I want you to just bow your heads with me and let us pray. I, I want you to pray because we, we can't do this alone. As, we, as the end time approaches, we're going to need each other. And I know that if, if, if people in the world see genuine friendship amongst Christians, they will want to come and know our God. Because people need relationship. I'm, I'm telling you, we have men who are a part of this church because they saw men in this church playing dominoes together. They saw relationship. So I want you to pray right now with your heads bowed and eyes closed. And I want to ask God to forgive you for not being a friend like Jesus. Say, so Lord, forgive me because I should have been more forgiven in my friendship. Forgive me, Lord, for I have not been as real as I should be in my friendship. Forgive me, Lord, for there are times when I needed to impart truth, but I condoned and I tolerated wrong in my friend's life. And that has caused them more harm. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for I have not been embracing. I stopped calling, I stopped texting because I thought they were supposed to do it back because I did it for them and they weren't. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for being selfish. Just being concerned with my own ways and putting myself even before my friends. That's not what you did, Jesus. You laid down your life for your friends. Say, forgive me, Lord, for not being dedicated to my friends. When things got tough, when they wandered away, in all kinds of sin, I, I just couldn't deal with them. So I walked away and I left them to fight the battle by themselves. Forgive me, Lord. I'm going to just say, today, Lord, I choose to be forgiven. Today, I choose to be real. I will impart truth in my friendships. I'll be embracing I refuse to be selfish and I'll be dedicated to my friends. Maybe you don't have any friends right now. Talking about friends that we spoke of. And you need to pray. Listen, you can ask God. Say, Lord, God, I pray that you'll bring friends into my life. Godly spiritual friends will help me to grow. Come on, just pray and say, Lord, as you had 12 disciples, Lord, you did ministry together. 
You completed mission together. Lord, bring friends into my life so we can do mission together. We can praise you together. We can pray together. We can, we can affect the world with the gospel of the kingdom of God together. Bring the right people, Lord God. Come on, just thank God. Bring the right people who will pick me up when I fall. For two are better than one. May we be the kind of friends that you were when you walked amongst your mercy. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hallelujah. Come on, just stand to your feet this morning. Clap your hands for Jesus. Amen. You can go ahead.